Hello and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Olive speaking once again. And as usual, happy to be here. Happy to be doing this with you guys. Happy to have you guys on this journey with me. It has been so much fun for me. So cathartic, so emotional. So many different things. Um, So many different feelings have come up for me. But all are definitely related to my healing and of course in so many ways I have heard from my listeners that a lot of these topics have really really helped them personally and there's just no greater gift than that and so I'm going to be doing a lot more interviewing my therapist is going to be coming on the show so you guys will get to meet her And, of course, we're going to bring back Fernando because, you know, we got to keep it controversial every now and then. And it's going to be fun. We're going to bring back a lot of people. But for right now, it's just me, y'all. I'll try to be, like, so entertaining that you won't even remember there isn't someone else in the room, you know? So, as usual, if you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune into my podcast episodes. And with that, let's begin. So this is going to be kind of like a two-parter because it's going to talk about my experience as an only child and I'm going to talk about my family as well. So... You know, you guys heard all about my childhood in the two, uh, the two part episodes. Um, there will not be a continuation to this particular episode. Allow me to clarify that, but I'm going to be talking about only child syndrome and my family in this one episode. Now in previous episodes that were split into two episodes, I did discuss my childhood And I went into detail about that and about, you know, my mild trauma history and all of that. So I'm not going to be doing that here necessarily. Um, I really want to focus on the positive aspects of my family and the takeaways, you know, the good takeaways. Um, So... I want to start off with, I want to start off with my mom. My mom had me and only me. I am her only child. My father, as you guys know from previous episodes, has other children with two other women. One of these children, who is now a grown woman, I have not met. She lives in Cuba and two of them live here in Miami, but They don't have a relationship with my dad and we have a very distant relationship because it's too difficult for them to be close to me, even though I didn't do anything. Um, And and I referred to this um, in a previous episode. They know it's not my fault. They know I didn't do anything. I was born into the situation just like they were, um, but it's just too close to home for them, and their experiences with my dad are different than mine. I was raised with him, they were not, 
And so there is just a lot of different feelings there. So I don't blame them and I feel no resentment toward them whatsoever. I have a desire to be close to them. I would like to be close to them. I, I've always wanted a sister, um, but I also understand their reasons and if and when they're ready, I'll be here. Um, so my mom, I'm her only child. My mom, the good things about my mom, my mom's a very open person. She is, she has no filter. So ever since I was a kid, she pretty much sat me down and was like, this is what you need to know about sex. This is what you need to know about drugs. And I'm trusting you to make the right choices. She never once told me what to do. She never once judged me if I made a mistake. I never lied to my mom. I never told her I was going to be one place, but really I was somewhere else. That is an existence that I did not have to lead. And I'm very grateful for that because a lot of people feel like they can't talk to their parents, like they can't be honest with their parents. And they end up like sneaking out of the house or saying, I'm going to be at so-and-so's house, but really they're somewhere else. I never went through that with my mom. I told her the truth. As a matter of fact, when I was still seeing my ex-boyfriend, who nobody wanted me to be with, the guy I lost my virginity to, I lied to everyone and said I wasn't seeing him anymore. She was the one person that knew the truth. And I would tell her, I'm about to go and see him. So when I was lying to everyone else about it, my mom knew the truth. So my mom has always made it very easy for me to tell her the truth. So therefore, I never had to lie to her. And honestly, that's the greatest gift that she has given me. And I thank her for that. I thank her for that because that made my existence a lot less stressful. And you know, parents, they make mistakes. And my mom has made many where I'm concerned. But that's one thing that she absolutely did right, that she absolutely did well. And I'm grateful to her for that because she set that stage for me to feel comfortable with her. And I know that a lot of my friends did not have the same experiences. As a matter of fact, my best friend who passed away, she lived her entire life lying to her mother. And people would criticize my mom, too. People would criticize my mom for the freedom she gave me. And mind you, my mom gave me, in my opinion, a reasonable amount of freedom. Um, Now looking back, I think there were some... There were some things that she let me do that I wouldn't let my kid do, which is crazy when you think about it, when you look back as an adult. I even told her, I'm like, girl, I would not have let us do that, you know? But she gave me a reasonable amount of freedom. I wasn't allowed to sleep over anybody's house except for like the select two or three friends that she knew their parents really well and she felt comfortable around their families. I, you know, I was allowed to do things and go places if she picked me up and dropped me off. Normal things, you know. Um, But I remember, you know, other parents would be like, why are you letting your kid do this? You're letting your kid go to these like rock concerts at the age of 15. There's drugs there. 
like she's gonna do drugs and my mom would just say I have educated my daughter on what she may or may not see there and she knows what she needs to do and she just implicitly believed that I would never do the wrong thing and I think having someone trust me that much made me want to do the right thing I really gotta tell her this I mean I tell her this a lot Uh, not a lot but I've said this to her before but I think it's important that she hears it again I think I think it's so important when you feel something positive for someone or you feel like someone has contributed positively to your life it is so important to tell that person not just once say it again say it in different language say it in different words but say it again reiterate it because it's so important that people know how they've impacted your life um my dad you guys know my history with my dad i've talked about it on here um my dad what is a takeaway from my dad i really want to think about this before i answer Um, my dad has a good heart in spite of his mental illness in spite of his shortcomings my dad is very sensitive and he will you know he'll watch the news and he'll see something and he'll be affected by it or he'll see a homeless person and he'll feel bad he'll be affected by it he'll stop and he'll buy them food he'll ask them if they need anything he's very much like that And I like to think I learned that behavior from him because I am very much like that. I will stop and if I see a homeless person, I will buy them food. Um, Just last week, was it? I think it was last week, two weeks ago. um, When I was getting gas for Hurricane Dorian, you know, the gas craze um, that was going on, um, there was a homeless guy standing outside of the gas station and he looked like he probably had some uh, underlying mental illness. He was talking to himself. In any case, I went in, I bought him a sandwich, some crackers, a water, and I gave it to him. Um, so those are things I do um, whenever I can. Because I just think that it's so important to give back. And if you think that you can never be homeless, if you think that you're above that, that that's never going to happen to you, you're sadly mistaken. That could be you. That could be any of us. And that's a humbling thought. And a thought that definitely should inspire most of us to give back and to help as much as we can. So anyway, that's what I've learned from my dad that has been positive. Um, Being an only child. So I grew up with my aunt, my uncle, and my two cousins. I have three cousins on my mom's side that I've always been very close to. One of them is, if I'm 32, he's what, 45? He's 45. So he's a lot older. So I didn't really hang out with him like that growing up because he was a lot older. And then my other cousin, she's about eight years older seven and a half years older so again 
now the age difference is not very significant, but in the past it was, you know, when I was growing up as a kid. And so then I had my other cousin who is a year younger than me. So we were the closest in age, so I spent the most time with her. And it was kind of like my own built-in little sister. It was different because she didn't live with me and she wasn't here all the time. So that, that factor where, you know, you're able to relate on that level because you live in the same home and you've experienced the same things. That was obviously missing, but she used to come over. I used to go over. We used to play together. Ever since we were kids, we were always very incompatible in what we liked to play. She was more, um, she was more of a play outside type of person. Like, let's play outside. And I was more like, let's hang out inside and play with Barbies. And she was like, I'm not here for that. So I would trick her into playing Barbies with me because she used to like to do their hair. That was the only thing she liked to do with the Barbies. She used to like to like brush their hair and like do their hair. And so I would trick her. <laughs> My manipulation skills started early, I guess, um, as a child. Um, and I would think to myself, I'm going to get her to do their hair. And then eventually I'm going to coax her into playing. And that's exactly how we would do it. I would be like, let's do their hair. And we would do their hair. And then eventually I would start like creating little Barbie scenarios and she would play with me. Um, and shout out to her for playing with me, by the way, because I think that's so, that's so cool that she did that, even though she never really enjoyed it. Um, the word manipulation has a really negative connotation, but... I learned how to survive that way growing up because of everything that I went through. I learned how to survive through reading people's emotions, learning how they felt about certain things, and sort of adapting myself to those circumstances. Um, Never did I use it for evil or to exploit anyone's feelings or anything like that. Um, anyway, so she was like my built-in little sister. So I have her and then I have my other female cousin and I consider them pretty close to me. Um, there's a lot of things I love about them. I also feel like there's a huge disconnect between me and them sometimes. I think because our experiences have been so different and I feel like they're they're both a lot less emotional than me and it makes me feel like I'm in a planet of my own with all my emotions and it can be a little difficult for me to feel like I can really connect with them but in their own right they're each really wonderful they've both been there for me at different times throughout my journey. Um, They have supported me. They have uplifted me. Um, I remember for my 30th birthday, um, my best friend, shout out to her, threw me a party at her house. And my cousin, um, the one that's close in age with me, she noticed that the weather channel said it was gonna rain. And she knew how excited I was for this particular birthday, you know? dirty 30 it's a milestone um and so she she called up my best friend 
and was like, hey, I would like to help you pay for some tents for Olivia's birthday party because I I don't want this to be ruined because it's going to rain. And it did rain. It poured. But we had a blast because we had tents. Thanks to my cousin and, you know, my best friend and my boyfriend all linking up together and making that happen. So the fact that she had that thought, she, it shows that she is a considerate person and it speaks to, um, it speaks to her thoughtfulness. Um, and then my, my, uh, other cousin, there was one semester that, um, my financial aid ran out while I was in undergrad. My financial aid ran out and I couldn't pay for classes that semester and I was like what am I gonna do I can't pay for school you know it's gonna it's gonna delay me I'm never gonna graduate like I I gotta get this done and so my mom called up my cousin my cousin came over and my cousin was like here's the money go to school and I was like this is a lot of money it's like two grand and she was like it's not like I'm giving you bail money it's not like I'm helping you out of jail like this is for your future this is for your life and I'm happy to give it to you. She, not only did she give it to me, but she's never asked for it back. I remember I paid her back 500 of the 2000 that I still owe her. I still owe her $1,500. She has never once mentioned it. She has never once asked me for that money. She knows that, you know, my situation is not ideal right now financially. Um, but she's never once brought it up. I think about it all the time and I'm like, I need to pay her back. <laughs> and I know someday I will. Um, but she's not worried about it. She was worried about helping me get to my goals and be somebody. And so those are two really wonderful things. I mean, among the many that they've both done. I remember when my mom was sick in the hospital. Um, my mom was near death. My um, younger cousin she she stayed with me in the hospital and we were taking turns like sleeping in shifts and just looking out for each other um taking care of my mom and um you know they're the two closest things I've had to sisters um because I did not have my sisters growing up and my mom only had me so um there's that my aunt and my uncle are both very special to me they definitely have been a model of what a healthy relationship should look like their communication the way they relate the way they love each other after all these years and after everything they've been through and they've experienced it's only made them stronger as a couple my aunt has been just an absolutely wonderful person you know um like if I could okay sorry about that that was a brief intermission and I completely lost my train of thought I received an important phone call that I had to answer and now I don't know where I am oh my aunt um telling you we keep it real here no editing Primarily because I don't know how to edit. And I don't have that kind of time. 
So I bring it to you live. I bring it to you real. Um, if we were to take my aunt and my mom and merge them into one person, I think I would have had the perfect mother. There's no such thing as the perfect parent, by the way. But I feel like my mom, the qualities she has, my aunt lacks. And the qualities that my aunt has, my mom lacks. Like, my aunt... My aunt is really deep. Like, I feel like we could have these deep conversations about life and friendships and relationships and people and dreams and goals and spirituality. And I felt so fulfilled in that way through her because she was just and has always been such a deep person. My mom ain't that deep. She don't got that kind of time. She's like, "Um, I'm not really trying to talk about all this. I don't think it's that she's incapable. It's just she's not here for it, you know? Um... So that's definitely been my takeaway where my aunt's concerned. Growing up an only child, I used to write in my journal a lot. I have a journal from the age of nine until about the age of 15 or 16. I kept a journal every year. I still have them. I wrote down all of my feelings, all of my thoughts. Some entries are very sad. I will be sharing some of those with all of you. Um, But that was my coping tool. It was writing. With all of the turmoil that was going on around me and the chaos, writing kept me sane. And so I would write everything down. Um, It did get lonely sometimes. But I started to notice more as an adult the loneliness than I did as a child for some reason. The loneliness that came with being an only child didn't really rear its ugly head until I was an adult. At which point it has become more and more noticeable that I don't have a sister that was raised with me, that grew up with me. Um, And as my parents have gotten older and more sickly, and I haven't had anyone to really help me other than, of course, the people that I just mentioned that have been so helpful to me when they've been able to be. But it's not the same as having a sibling and saying, okay, here, you take this shift, I'll take this shift. You know, it's a lot harder when it's just you and my parents are much older my dad is 81, my mother is 70. So is only child syndrome really a thing? I would say so. <laughs> but I also feel like being an only child forced me to mature a lot faster and has made me maybe like a deeper thinker, a more independent thinker. I mean, these are my own assessments, but I definitely feel like being an only child is the reason why I have been so adamant about creating my own chosen family. And you'll hear all about them in my previous episode called Support Systems. 
as you guys can see, I have a large family of friends. And I think to myself, if I even had a sibling, would my relationship with that person be as deep as the ones I have with my family of friends? I don't even know. Because I have found with a lot of my friends, and correct me if I'm wrong, out there, listeners, with a lot of my friends that do have a sibling, they don't have as many friends because there's no need for it because their best friend is their sibling, oftentimes. It's not always this picture perfect, you know? It's like my my twin best friends that I told y'all about. They're pretty much besties with each other. And then they have me and their other best friend, their childhood best friend. So it's pretty much the four of us. Granted, they have other friends and other people in their lives, but as far as close friends, it's the four of us. And I think it's because they just feel so fulfilled with each other. They have found so much fulfillment in one another that they don't really have the need to have a larger circle of friends. Whereas I think when you're an only child, you wanna compensate for that loneliness through the development of these intimate friendships and create your own sisterhood, if you will. Or, you know, well, sisterhood with my female friends, but I have a couple of male friends I really care about that are like brothers, so (laughs) y'all get the point. In any case, let me know your feedback. I know this was a relatively short episode and it was kind of like a giant rant, but I really wanted to touch on the positive aspects of my family and my life growing up because I don't want you guys to think it was all bad. It wasn't all bad. Um, There was definitely some good and I appreciate every single person that I just talked that I just talked about for a variety of reasons. And I love you all and I will catch you next time.